Mate 40 here, so I was prepared to go with a show largely devoted to David Brooks and his essay in the latest issue of Atlantic magazine about why Americans have become so lonely and so mean. And as I was warming up for my main topic, I happened to spot on Twitter that uh, Curious Gazelle had had a spate going with Justin Murphy. He's an interesting independent thinker university professor and so I started playing the Justin Murphy space on my live YouTube show then about five ten minutes in I thought I might want to participate in this so I ripped the the safety packaging off my iPhone plugged in my my microphone to give better quality sound and you can't it's not easy to participate in a space from your desktop so turned off the mic on my Streamlabs OBS uh, so that the sound would be about 45 seconds behind uh, what my list would say would be about 45 seconds behind what would actually play through on the Twitter space and I uh, got to jump in on the discussion with Justin Murphy, and I got to ask him about, you know, eight questions or so. And they pretty much all elicited the same pointless answer. So why was my questioning of Justin Murphy like absolutely useless last night? As compared to when I normally do an interview, I'd say a third of them are probably good. I think what happened is that uh, when Curious Gazelle you know, brought Justin Murphy into the space, he talked about how he long enjoyed like an amiable relationship with her online, but then she'd gone after him hard. And then uh, she was kind of taken aback by that. She said, I didn't think I'd gone after you hard. But then she went after him hard <laughs> in all sorts of ways. And that just put him into a defensive crouch, and this is why I don't use, with rare exceptions, an aggressive style of questioning or of confrontation. It just doesn't usually elicit much that's revelatory from the interview subject. It may be entertaining for the viewer, and it may feel good for the questioner, but what it does is what it did to Justin Murphy. Last night, I think a non-aggressive approach could not help but have provided a better interview and would have opened him up more. But under Curious's assault, he just went into a defensive crouch. And this is just what happens to people when you start attacking them. People just have a reflex to kind of tuck in so they will limit the range of their answers and they'll just move into a defensive crouch. And that's exactly what happened to Justin Murphy. So no matter what question I asked him, right, I'm talking about perennial healing, these human dilemmas, all there are by choosing you know, different alternatives, just making different trade-offs. So the dilemma about preserving as much individual freedom as possible while preserving a sense of community, right? There's no answer to that. There's no solution to that. Or there are a trade-offs. 
having delusions about the importance of what one is doing online, all right, obviously we're almost all deluded, those of us who talk online, share ideas about the importance of what we're doing, because if we weren't deluded about the importance of what we're doing, we wouldn't, wouldn't be doing it nearly as much, with nearly as much energy, enthusiasm, preparation, we wouldn't put as much of our own soul into what we're doing if we didn't have a delusional conception about the importance of what we're doing. So there are adaptive and maladaptive delusions. Uh, what were the other questions I asked him? Anyway, no matter what the question that was posed to him, it always got the same identical defensive response. The response was always, I don't have a problem with that. that. That's not a problem for me. Oh, freedom of speech. Like he kept talking about how he's created a career and a decent enough approximately six-figure income to support his wife and kid by just saying whatever he thinks online. Now that is a recipe for disaster for more than 99% of people. And I don't believe that's what he's doing either. I believe he's saying, whatever he thinks online within relatively narrow boundary of what is socially acceptable. Now, he did essentially get kicked out of academia for using the word retard circa 2015. But overall, to the extent that I'm aware of his content, you know, I've got some awareness of his content, like he largely keeps what he has to say within the Overton window. And so this pose he has of just saying whatever he thinks online is a delusion. But you're never going to get anyone to admit to these sort of delusions by attacking them or by telling them you're in a state of delusion. But all you can do is gently bring people to the water. And then if they want to drink and admit, yeah, Know, I've had some delusions, or this is my pose. You know, I'm just a free speaking, intellectual, independent minded, accountable to no one. Uh, they might be willing to go deeper, do some more introspection, but you can't force people to introspect. And you definitely can't force people to criticize themselves. So, this is the defensive crouch Justin Murphy got into. It was all about, no, I don't have this problem that you're saying I have. I am not what you say. You know, the, the ordinary human dilemmas that trouble most people in this area, they just don't apply to me. And then, Jesus! Stugs off its leash and runs out in the road in front of an onrushing car. And the owner of the dog points at the car as though the car's to blame. Wow, certainly does seem like a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for their own choices. Seems to be a certain group that I'm thinking of who don't like to take responsibility nearly as much as men. Uh, seems to demonstrate a diminished sense of agency. And that is why many people on the alt-right consider them a little bit like flora and fauna and children, that they need to be protected, they need to be directed, they need to be nurtured that we can't expect the same sense of responsibility from them as we expect from men. So that's David Data's thinking in the way of the superior man. So it's a Greg Conte's thinking. A woman's walking a dog. Dog's off its leash. The dog runs into the street right there in front of me, in front of onrushing traffic. 
and the woman blames the car. So, yeah, Justin Murphy was just in the same defensive crouch for almost the entire time I was talking to him. Uh, I don't have the problem that you want to explore, which is almost always a perennial human problem for which there's no solution. Well, there are trade-offs, but he has no desire to delve very deeply into the trade-offs because he's in a defensive crouch because he feels under attack by Curious Gazelle. And then his response is, but I'm no better than anyone else. So he just kept repeating the same thing. I don't have that problem, and I'm no better than anyone else. There's nothing special about me. And I'm doing something special. Now I've developed this independent intellectual uh, career that is, is unique. Very few people are able to pull it off. Now, I make the point to him, but intellectual work almost never pays for itself. It has to be subsidized. And so the way someone like Justin Murphy can subsidize it is by talking about things, talking in a way that will attract dissenters and dissidents by offering the appearance of profundity that they can't get from establishment mainstream sources. And if you feed that, that's where there's a large audience, but you're doing it at the pursuit of truth. Now, I don't know Justin Murphy's work enough to, to know you know, if he's consistently pursuing truth or if he's at times, you know, appealing to, a, to an audience or experiencing any audience capture, I don't know enough. But there are no solutions there. There are only trade-offs. But we were never able to get any deeper with that because we had him in a defensive crouch. It was just amazing. Every single question. Listen to it for... I don't know, the first hour and 15 minutes that I heard Justin Murphy, you ask him, do you experience X? Which is like a perennial human conundrum for which there are no solutions. His answer is always, no, but I'm no better than anyone else. So first part of his answer is, I'm exempt from the normal human condition. And the second part of the answer is, but I'm not exempt from the normal human condition. This completely didn't make sense, but that's what we were stuck with because of the way that uh, he, he experienced himself as being under attack. Well, very much, he didn't want to come across as at all defensive or feeling under attack. So it was, it was one of the starkest examples that I can remember between what's really going on and what someone's saying, right? He's just reacting purely in a defensive crouch. Like, oh, he's talking blithely about losing friends and you only need about two good friends anyway. Talking blithely is, uh, that's not a big deal. <laughs> I, I called him out on it as, as just completely anti-human to portray the loss of friends is not a big deal, it's not something you lose sleep over, it's not something that hurts, that uh, you're just prepared for it and you just motor on in your pursuit of truth. Right? Losing friends stings, it hurts, everybody hurts. It's awful, it's one of the worst feelings, it's terrible. Now, there are things higher than preserving friendships, you know, such as your pursuit of truth. But, 
it's completely inhuman to pretend that it doesn't hurt. Ah, uh, so, very frustrating discussion with the independent intellectual Justin Murphy last night. It just couldn't get it to go anywhere, couldn't, couldn't go beneath the surface. 